The inquest into the death of Private Sean Benton is now just over halfway through. But what has the coroner learned so far? Well, he's heard from many of Sean's friends that he was a troubled young man, that he'd attempted suicide and that he'd also undergone a psychiatric evaluation by the army, prompted by his own behaviour. We've heard more about the chaos of the administration of the camp at the time, how NCOs sometimes didn't know where trainees were or who was on guard duty. And we've heard about suicide letters that Sean wrote, one addressed to the sergeant, who many claim tormented him during his time there. My name is Kyle Ark, and along with fellow journalist Barry Keevans, we're here to discuss the last week's evidence at Woking Coroner's Court. This is Deep Cut, The Inquest. Well, Barry joins me now. So, Barry, what have we learned this week? What's the main thing that stuck out for you? We've heard more stuff about what it was actually like to be a soldier there in the mid-90s. Um, one of the interesting little army things that came out is um, selling your stag. For people not familiar with that, that military term, going on stag is, is sort of when, when the soldiers are on guard or sentry duty at the gate, isn't it? So, I mean, that just... The idea of them selling them and getting their mates to do them instead is just... It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be shouldn't be possible, you know. They, they turn up for guard duty, they're paraded and inspected and there's a roll call and... Uh, everybody's names are checked off. And there was a procedure in place, wasn't there, for giving them their weapons, counting out the ammunition, counting it back in at the end. So how did it actually work? How how were they able to sell sell it to their friends? Ostensibly because of the lack of uh, organisation at the camp at the time. Um, you know, the, the throughput of people and the kind of general disorganised way that it was run meant that you didn't know everybody's face and if somebody put their hand up and said they were whoever, then you didn't have any way of knowing that they weren't who they said they were. So essentially the NCOs didn't know at times who was on guard duty and if they thought that a certain person was on guard duty but in fact they weren't, then they didn't actually know where that person was, did they? No. I mean, Sean apparently was trying to buy people's stags on the night that he was killed... Um, which is kind of a bit round the, round the other way. I mean, you would have thought that uh, if you were on guard duty, the idea would be that you'd want to get off it, so you would be uh, not necessarily buying your stag, but paying somebody else to do it. So, And a lot of people uh, that were Sean's peers at the time have complained about the amount of stag duty that they had to do, haven't they? They've They've... It wasn't something that anybody really seemed to enjoy. They seemed to spend a long time, a lot of their time, doing that. Well, that's, that's again, got to do with the the, uh, the throughput of people through the camp as well because it doesn't happen now, but it was the requirement of the trainees to guard the camp. Then now it's done by a dedicated guard force, but then the trainees who were there were required to, to guard the camp as well. So when there were an awful lot of them there... It, you wouldn't be required to do guard duty that often, but when the numbers were down, then you might be getting a 24-hour duty twice a week. It would come around quite frequently. Now, something else um, that the coroner has said this week is about Sean pointing weapons at, at other soldiers. Why was he not disciplined and, and kicked out of the army at that point? Well, this was something that came up in, uh, in discussions about what was going on with Sean in the months before he was killed. So uh, around early February 
um, he was sent for a psychiatric evaluation um, and one of the reasons for that was that he had or one of the one of the things that came up in the in the course of that happening was that he'd apparently been uh, pointing his weapon at people while he was on while he was on guard duty which had he been doing that in a threatening way or in a playful way if there is such a thing um i don't think it really makes any difference one way or the other if, if when you're in the army you know i think you just you just you just don't do that i would have thought that that would get you kicked out right away but um but it was one of the, the factors that came up in the in the the um recommending him for a psychiatric evaluation i mean i think actually it came out as um something that had happened just before he was sent to uh, for evaluation but it wasn't something that was uh known at the time by the people who who sent him for the evaluation only they only found out about it after he was already on his way and he was he was sent for a psychiatric evaluation because of um of uh a, what was regarded at the time as a, as another suicide attempt uh you know he'd um he'd uh taken an overdose and had uh self-harmed as well i mean there has there has been a picture really that's been painted to court so far hasn't there from the witnesses that have given their evidence that sean was a deeply troubled young man um maybe crying out for help there had been um a number of of attempts at what looked like suicide um previously and like you mentioned some self-harming do you get the impression at this stage we obviously can't and won't second guess what the coroner uh, will eventually decide in this inquest but do you get the impression at this point that they're not going to argue that it is anything other than suicide well obviously that is something for the, the coroner to decide i mean that's what they, that's ultimately what this inquest will come down to i think but you know from people who knew him you're getting uh the impression that yeah he was he was troubled certainly and was crying out for help and you also get some people who say that he was fine and everything was okay um and you know the examination of his relationships with other people especially his sergeant um is ongoing and that 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 seems to point to an odd relationship there and almost one that appears to contradict itself at times it certainly seems to be that that he had problems and he was looking for help and you know a lot of this is coming from uh from the uh Paul Greeny from his family's QC so uh, from Liberty so they, they, it seems that they are painting him as as somebody who's certainly crying out for help obviously you talked about the psychiatric evaluation I was going to say but obviously there's we have had elements of it but there will be more to come in the coming weeks about that we're expecting it yeah I mean I'm I'm expecting that, that I'd be surprised if we don't hear more about that yes um, but obviously the, the what happened with that is that he was past fit and return to duty so it, it will be interesting to hear the finer details of that in court and it does uh feel much more like it is getting to the start of w- almost like the real inquest now and it's, there's been several witnesses that have given evidence you know it's been going on for for several weeks now but it is getting a little bit more down to the who was where and when what did they see what did they hear what did they actually know and who had a weapon on the night that Sean died, isn't it? Yeah, well, we knew we were going to have 150 witnesses, at least. We knew that there were 
they, they were going to be kind of two it was going to be divided into two halves one the first half the first month is going to be um about conditions in the camp and the and circumstances of of uh, the lives of the the soldiers who were there and then the second half we assume is going to be taken up by uh examining what actually happened on the night so yeah, I mean, and I think we are getting to that now. I mean, we, were, you know, we knew that that February was going to be the the kind of background, and then once we get into March, then it's going to be more concentrating on the the incident itself, taking a slightly different tempo through the inquest, and we we know that Sean was about to be discharged, wasn't he? So, what impact has has that had uh, in terms of the evidence that's been given in terms of sort of painting that picture about his mental health at the time and what he how he regarded his sort of imminent discharge well again that, you know you get lots of different versions of that too you get people saying well he was glad because he wanted out and you have other people saying that you know he needed to be watched because that was devastating news for him and and he desperately wanted to stay in you know the failing his driving test twice meant that he wasn't going to get the career in the army that he, that he originally thought he was going to have. And he, the evidence uh, that we've heard is, is very much that he, he was being directed towards a different career as a pioneer and he was very adamant that that isn't what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then, you know, we're getting people who are saying that he certainly didn't want to become a pioneer uh, and had his heart set on being a driver, but then... We are now hearing from people who'd spoken to him much closer to the time of his death, saying that, you know, he'd been talked to and uh, that was laid out to him as being not the end of the world and that he was kind of accepting of that. But because you've got so many witnesses, you're going to get an awful lot of different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, and and, and different memories from, from the time. Now, one thing that hasn't changed that has sort of stood the test of time in it in a sense is the suicide so-called suicide letters um there's been a number of them and one in particular focused in the last uh, weeks of evidence which was written to sergeant gavigan yeah which is interesting because um you know a lot of people say that that the sergeant made his life a misery other people say that they had a different relationship that meant that they were able to kind of have a joke with each other but that's comparatively recent and not as overwhelming as the as the people who say that that his life was made of misery. But um, yeah, apologising to him for calling him an arsehole and thanking him as well for the, for everything that he'd done for him. For, so, for, for support, it, it, it throws a, an interesting light, doesn't it, on on some of the things that were going on and and what he was maybe thinking at, at the time. I mean the the note isn't the note isn't particularly new. I mean the note was the note was in the Blake report which uh from yeah. you know 2006. Uh so we did know about that but it's the it's the first time it's come up in court. First first time it's featured in the inquest. What do you think now are are the main issues? Where are we at in, in terms of that at the moment? Well yeah, I think that's quite I think that is significant. I think the note is important. Um, as well as the other notes too. And there were a number of other sergeants. It's worth mentioning, actually. There were a number of other sergeants that were also mentioned in that note, wasn't weren't there? But that, but it was addressed to Sergeant Gavigan. Yeah, I think he's um, one of four, if I remember. But it's actually written to him, though, although there are others mentioned in it. But um, yeah, the notes I think are, are significant, and the psychiatric evaluation I think is going to be significant as well. And then, you know, once we get onto the more physical evidence, then all of that's going to be vital. 
um, yeah. you know, the actual placement of people who was where ballistics evidence when. as well and the forensic evidence all that the is ballistics still and the pathology is all going yeah. to be going to be vital but uh probably not conclusive i don't think because the the physical evidence doesn't exist anymore and we know that the experts are uh the pathology experts are, are in general agreement so you know that's going to be that's going to be interesting to find out what it is that they agree about <laughs> But yeah, the the, the 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 more the, the the actual placement of people who was where and when um, yeah. is has got to be established. And who is up this coming week to give evidence? Who are we expecting to hear from over the coming days? Well, this week we're possibly going to have a bit of weather disruption because the snowmageddon is going to. The beast from the east is disrupting the inquest as well as trains and all sorts of other other things. Yeah, it's already had an impact um, because we're. We've been told that some witnesses are finding it difficult to travel, so there may be more video evidence taken. If it gets to the point where any of the the lawyers or the coroner himself, even he has to get there every day on a train, if they can't make it, then we might have some proper disruption. For the rest of this week, there was one witness who was supposed to be heard on Tuesday who will now be in on Wednesday by video because she can't travel. And then there'll be... There might be a part, a significant part of this week taken up by legal argument as well, mm. which most of the time goes on behind the scenes, but... Yeah, and, and can't be talked about publicly yet. Not really, no. No. <laughs> um, well, we'll see, uh, we'll see what pans out, who, who manages to get to court, who manages to give their evidence, and... Um, and how well the video link works, because of course, if the if the snow gets really bad, then uh, then that might go down too. It's not always the most reliable, anyway. So no, no. Okay, well, we will uh, we will catch up again soon. Great, thank you. We'll be updating this podcast weekly, and you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll be discussing the main points of evidence from the past week, and we're interested in hearing from you. If you served at Deep Cut, and if you knew Sean Benton, do follow us to keep up to date on all the main points of evidence from Woking Coroner's Court. Deep Cut, the inquest.